Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Katie Braden and this is episode 50. 50. Can you believe it? I can't. Um, It feels like such a while since I've actually sat down and recorded the podcast so I feel a bit rickety-crickety. I don't know why. Um, I had a really, really busy November um, and people are like, oh, what were you doing? And I was like socializing. I was socializing. Um, I actually had so many social events in one week. I had to take the week off work and I really thank myself for it because I realized that the only way that I could really, really switch off from work was by being tired and going out all the time. That was sarcasm. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> Do not clip that. Um, Yeah, so I had two birthdays. One was my friend Sophia, also my dear client, and one was my sister. Um, So Sophia's birthday was in Brighton, and she does this amazing event for her her birthday that she started doing every year, um, where she gets all of her friends from all over the UK, and we all meet in Brighton for the weekend, and it's just like the best time, and it's the best group of women. And I was saying to her, like, it's one of those events where you feel like your energy has been topped up rather than drained because you're not around like draining people if that makes sense and then the other one was my sister's birthday um and I've explained this to people so many times and every single person has looked at me dumbfounded so I'm just going to put it on the podcast um this is nothing to do with PR guys this is a personal update so sorry if I'm boring you but I'm just telling you what I've been up to, okay? Um, so her, my sister's birthday falls on November 16th. And in Wales, specifically Swansea, where I'm from, um, it's a day called Beaujolais Day. And every single time I've said that, people have just looked at me like, what are you talking about? So the gist is, is that Beaujolais is a type of red wine that comes from France. <laughs> history lesson um and Beaujolais day is the day that it basically like landed in Swansea for the first time um and literally when I say this day is like bigger than Christmas in Swansea like all of the venues like the restaurants the clubs the bars the hotels all of the service-based businesses have like an event for Beaujolais Day and my friend who came to Beaujolais Day with me said afterwards that like one of the hotels in Swansea took like 400 grand in one day which is like incredible like I really support things like that when I'm like these businesses are getting a massive boost especially when it's like pubs clubs hotels you know businesses that have really suffered the past couple of years like for them to get that cash injection is like incredible so um I will carry on ordering rounds to support the local businesses in Swansea take my money um so yeah it was like very heavy socializing months which I really don't do very often like I live a very very relaxed and chilled life um also I have pets at home so I very rarely like travel around for social things unless I'm it's like really necessary um so yeah it was busy is what I'm saying um and because of that reason I sort of like stacked um podcast episodes like throughout September and October so that I wouldn't need to record in November because I knew I just simply wouldn't have the time or the brain cells to bring you like (laughs) fun content um so yeah that's why I feel a bit rusty dusty and crusty um but here we are 
and I am now back into podcast stacking to go through Christmas and New Year. Um, even though I do think, and I say this every single year, I start to move into December and I'm sort of looking at my to-do list and I'm like, oh, okay, we're quietening down, like we're rolling down to Christmas. I'm going to have a quiet couple of weeks, like, you know, just sort of like prepping for the new year and all that jazz. And then December hits and something always happens. And then I'm working like an absolute nutcase until literally the December 23rd, 24th. So that hasn't happened to me yet. Maybe it will. I'll keep you updated. But as of now, it is the 27th of November today. It's a Monday. It is early in the morning and I am bundled up in a woolly hat, a dressing gown. I've got my full workout gear underneath because I'm hoping that that will give me some like motivation to actually go to the gym right after I finish podcasting, podcasting, um, and some slippers. So, and that's on living in the north of England in November. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Any who... Um, so a grand total of five minutes in, uh, let's actually talk about what I'm here to talk about today, shall we? Um, so this is a little bit like off the top of the head sort of podcast. Like, as you know, for people who listen, like a lot of the time I like prep my podcast and write notes and stuff. Today is not one of those days. Um, I just have a topic. Oh, my laptop just told me I have to do something, which is, um, not going to happen because I'm doing this. Leave me alone. Um, so today I'm just going to talk about a topic that I've been milling over for a couple of weeks. Like it's been sitting in my list of ideas for the podcast for a while and I wanted to talk about it. Um, and that is how hard it is to say no to new business when you are number one, a PR and number two, a freelance PR. So I went through a stint this year, which was not uncommon but it was strange that it happened like so many times in a row where businesses would approach me and they would say hey we want to work with you on PR all very normal behavior and then they would send me like what they were looking to do and it would always be something wild like a budget that I would usually have like per month would be for like a two-month project or a three-month project and they'd want to get the amount of PR coverage that maybe a brand would expect to get in a year in a month and they only want to pay one monthly retainer. So like let me just explain that a little bit better because I feel like that was confusing. So they'd come to me and they'd be like hey our budget is like say £2,000 okay which £2,000 is like quite a low um monthly retainer for like PR agencies for example so they'd come in and say our budget is two thousand pounds and I would say oh two thousand pounds a month and they would say no two thousand pounds for the entire thing and I'd be like okay cool they'd want to then do a time frame of like one month so I'd be working on the project for like four weeks or like say three months at max but a very very short project they'd want me to come in basically launch the brand to the UK press because unless you've had good standard PR before like even if your brand's been around for a couple of years but you've never had PR like two journalists and two influencers your brand is new so the strategy is essentially to launch the brand even though 
the brand's already launched. Sometimes we do get genuine brand launches where they're, they're actually launching, like the brand is opening that week. But a lot of the time it'll be that the brand's been kicking about for a while, but they haven't done any PR or press activation. So therefore, the first thing I have to do is introduce it or launch it. Um, so they want to do a launch, number one. And then they want to get... Um, I've had this over and over again. And actually, this year is the first time I've actually seen this. So brands have come and said, we want to get enough press to basically like fill a press page on the website. So like, I don't know, like 10, 20 pieces of key press where they can be like, hey, look at all of this press that we've got. Okay, so they want me to do that in between like one to three months or like essentially four weeks so number one when I work on a launch of something usually I'll do like a run and jump I call it where obviously you have to prep you have to let people know in advance like you can't just be like hey this launch and then you get press like the next day it's just not how it works like you have to give journalists time especially now the current sort of society and culture that we're in in the beauty industry where the beauty teams are getting smaller and smaller the journalists are a lot of the time freelance so like they're not writing every week for the same thing they're moving around and writing for different publications or they'll have an idea and they'll have to like pitch it as opposed to like knowing that they'll have somewhere to put it so you could be talking to these journalists who are not writing beauty for the next three weeks and then you've just got to like wait for the coverage to land it's all very normal um there are less opportunities in the beauty space in the last few years because a lot of magazines publications online publications are struggling for advertisers so they're shrinking their teams and if beauty's not bringing in a big revenue then they'll shrink the team so they've gone from having like five members of staff on the beauty team to like three or two or even one in some instance so you have to give them time to find somewhere to put your news right that's number one so I'll usually ask for at minimum like six to eight weeks and that is really really tight for a launch like most PRs will ask for like a couple of months because if you look at actual magazines like Grazia, OK, like newspaper supplements, like they take a while to find placement. Um, So you have to give them the news a little bit in advance so that it's actually like new when they're saying it's new, even though we put it in the magazine like a month before. Any who. So they'll come in, these new businesses, and that's what they're asking for, right? So after I finished doing an eye roll into space, I always think like these businesses, if they haven't worked with PR before, they don't know any better. So in their eyes, they're just like, right, my budget's too grand. I want you to do this in a month. I want to film. I want to film my news page on my website. And that's what they want. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like they have no other education to tell them that that's not achievable or like what they should be looking at or shouldn't be looking at. So I will always respond to those and ask to get on a phone call or jump on a Zoom and actually educate them in what is realistic for their budget and what isn't. So the first thing I will always say is I'm looking for long-term clients. Um, I, I very, very rarely, unless I've got a really good relationship with someone, I won't take on a client for like a month or three months or even six months. Um, I actually had a colleague that I used to work with who was an absolute legend. She's retired now. Um, but she 
towards the end of her career was saying that she was basically trying to sign new businesses onto three-year contracts because that's how long she thinks it takes to build PR momentum and that's not a lie like that is not a lie like I've had some of my clients now for like six to seven years some of them going on eight years and if you compare like the work versus the results in the first sort of three years to now it's so different because we've actually had chance to like build momentum and also like test strategy find what works like you know journalists are familiar with them they know who they are like you're getting more like incoming calls as opposed to outgoing um so yeah that's just like an example a lot of PR agencies won't sign you unless you're going to do like a 12 12 month contract at minimum like when I was in agency the minimum contracts I was working on were 12 months because you you know you've got to get going like I it is you would have to pull some sort of miracle if you were going to do it in four weeks and to be quite frank I would never agree to do it in four weeks absolutely not like it's different if you're working on something like an event where it's like a one-off thing but even then I would always suggest continuing the PR effort afterwards because the event is just like the catalyst. So you've done your event and then you've got all of these journalists and influencers excited about your brand and then your PR disappears and then nobody's like doing anything like afterwards. Like you're supposed to start climbing after an event as opposed to, oh, here's the event, like shut it down, like just get the results and that's it. So yeah, I always get them on a call and I explain how things work and how timelines work and how budget works and all that jazz, right? And through the summer this year, I must have had about six or seven new business meetings, which is quite a lot. Like you usually get like a handful every six months of like actually genuine like new business sort of contacts. And I did this over and over and over again where I hopped on like hour long calls with these businesses and I explained things. And I also for free, mind you, gave them like a full strategy on how I would do things. Like I had this one business in particular that was really interesting. It was like a science led like um, vitamin business. And I took them through and I actually even was like, right, your budget is really, really, really low. But I understand it you know you're a startup you have a really exciting idea I think this is really going to work this is how I would split your budget so I literally took their tiny budget and like broke it up into pieces that they would actually get like tangible results and they would actually get what they were trying to achieve after their like very short-term contract so even though it was not the budget I wanted not the time frame I wanted because I believed in the product I was like do you know what this is what you can do for that and you can still get like a level of result by doing it this way and they've all come back and been like oh my god this is amazing thank you so much for like taking the time blah 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 can we have a proposal so I then spend more time honestly I'm an idiot spend more time doing a proposal send the proposal over and then they're like oh yeah um we're actually not going to go ahead with this at this time because we realize that we just like don't really have the budget to make it work and I'm just like okay I'm an idiot and I did that literally about six times in a row and it really started to get me down because usually when I engage with a brand and I do a proposal like nine times out of ten I'll win the business because like not to toot my own horn but my strategies are good and like what I propose is good and I think my pricing is fair so nine times out of ten you know if we've made that connection I'll sort of push it through and get it So I was getting these rejections like over and over and over again 
and I felt like I was really sort of bending backwards to like make these sort of what they wanted work and I just got to the point where it really got me thinking like am I being an idiot here like am I educating them too much am I like telling them too much am I should should I just be saying yeah okay then taking the money and then you know what will be will be like say la vie do you know what I mean and to be honest I couldn't sleep at night if I did that and that is probably my downfall as a freelance PR but thinking back to my agency days like I would sit in meetings like new business meetings with like the owner of the agency or like the director or whoever and I would watch them just like say yes to everything like if the brand was like oh, I really 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 want to be in Vogue they'd be like yeah we can get you in Vogue and they would just like say that they could that we could do these things and as a member of the team who actually runs you know gets the coverage runs the day-to-day you'd be looking at them thinking oh my god can you please stop promising all these things like because this is carnage um you know unless you've got some real budget behind you like that's a big big thing to promise and we'd have it over and over again where the brands would come in they'd stay for a couple of months and then they'd leave because they'd realize that everything they'd been promised in those new business meetings were just not happening and it was just like a lie basically and this isn't anything at all against like anywhere I've worked in the past like this is genuinely like standard practice in a lot of agencies and I think the reason for that is because agencies have really high overheads right so they'll have like a lot of staff they'll have a lot of studio space like they'll be spending a lot of money to keep their business open so they need to be hitting a base level of new business and incoming business and retaining clients like their level is a lot higher than say someone like me who works at home like works from my laptop like doesn't have staff I literally have myself and that's it so I think they see a new business opportunity as they just need to convert into like a couple of months of cash and they don't actually think about the business or like how it's actually going to work day to day and what you actually can achieve and what you can't and what you're promising and what you can't and I genuinely believe that the reason why I've had clients for like six seven eight years is because that is my approach and I think that comes from being freelance as well because I have that like person-to-person connection with the brand often with the brand founder because I work with a lot of smaller companies who are like desperately trying to build so when you have that relationship I feel like there's a certain level of like human honesty that you feel like you need to deliver like I could not sit in a new business meeting and say to someone yes I can do x y and z when I know for a fact I can't because you're literally looking into that person's eyes and you can see like their love for their business and like how desperately they want to make it work and for a lot of small businesses PR is one of the biggest investments that they'll make aside from like product so you know I really do feel like a duty of care to these people and also a duty of care to my industry and my title like another thing that I wanted to touch on in this podcast because it's not really enough to be a full episode but I'm getting really tired of people like how people talk about PRs and we really have like done it to ourselves like what I'm talking about here in terms of like people lying to win new business or just saying yes to things or like you know promising things that they don't know for a fact can happen and just sort of being very fluffy and like 
annoying really like now PR has gone from this like super amazing like really cool glamorous job like think Samantha Jones and Sex and the City like that's how PRs used to be looked at as and now we're sort of looked at as this like really annoying like out of touch like old-fashioned sort of like role and it really irks me because I personally feel like I'm a creative person. I feel like I put a lot of energy and effort into like understanding culture and society and like learning about new marketing and learning about, you know, new tech and like how people are shopping and how, you know, what human beings want from their products and from their brands whilst also being you know conscious and sustainable and you know adding positivity to the world as opposed to just launching products for no reason like that is genuinely how I feel about my role like I feel like I have huge moral responsibility and I felt this ever since the very very start of my career um And I'm going to go off on a little tangent, but I feel like this story is important to tell. So when I was first working in fashion, um, I was working on high street brands and I would be taking these high street brands and I would be getting them what can only be described as like a shit ton of press every month. Like these brands would want like 100 page reports every month, which is a lot. Like if you work in PR, you know, that's a really substantial, like chunky report. And they'd want it to be like meaningful coverage as well. Like you couldn't get away with putting like an influencer in there because influencers weren't even seen as coverage then. Um, So it had to be all press, like a hundred pieces of press a month, right? And we were working with these high street brands who, you know, they weren't weren't the most desirable and they didn't have massive marketing budgets. So they were literally relying on like organic PR to like really get themselves out there um you know they weren't doing creative campaigns social media really wasn't a thing so they were literally relying on press like hardcore press and I was going through a really really bad time in my life like a really really low period of my life but I kept having this thing where I kept falling out of bed every night and this is like the most random thing ever but I used to have such bad night terrors that I kept like flipping myself out of bed and it used to happen every single night to the point where I was like right why is this happening and when I actually broke it down to me I felt like what I was doing wasn't moral because I knew how these brands operated I knew where they made their products I knew how the products were made like we're talking like supermarket level like clothing here like you know now we're very very educated whereas like eight years eight nine ten years ago like it what like I knew because I worked in the industry but it wasn't like super common knowledge and I was just like why am I taking these shitty products and pushing them out to the masses and getting people to like shop them and like making people aware of them like it just didn't align with my like human ethics and at that point which was very early in my career I realized that I had to pave a path where I could work with people and with brands that I actually genuinely believed in and I thought were doing good like in some way or they were interesting or creative or like they had innovation and I just was like I am not working with any more like big budget 
corporate brands that are just like destroying the world basically and that's all very deep and philosophical maybe but I feel like that's important to say um on this topic so when I kind of have that thought about my own role like I feel like I play an important role in terms of like who gets you know talked about and who doesn't like who gets attention and who doesn't is my responsibility so when I and this happens a lot like I like to listen to interviews with creatives like a lot of the time like I recently listened to like every single interview that Rick Rubin's ever done like I like to listen to interviews with artists with bands with you know any creative I can possibly find I love to listen to their interviews because I like to know more about their process and how they view the world and whatever I just find it interesting anyway every single time they come to talking about like marketing and PR they always talk about it in such a negative way like oh these like annoying PR people they don't get it or these marketing people are like trying to make me do this and trying to make me do that and I just think why like you can PR and market something whilst also being like super supportive of creative ideas and being creative yourself and I think everybody who works in the PR industry like we have a responsibility to stop being those like old school annoying out of date like pushy people um because and this is the only reason uh you make me feel cringe (laughs) like I've actually reached a stage now where I feel a bit funny about saying that I'm a PR like I actually hate it like if I meet someone at an event or whatever and I have to say like oh I'm a PR like that doesn't fill me with pride and that's really sad because I am really proud of what I do and I'm really proud of the business that I built and I'm really proud of the clients that I work with so for me to stand in like a social environment and be like "Oh, oh I'm a PR like it I don't know it kind of is like heartbreaking but at the same time like there's also this element as well of like I you know talk to people like influencers and journalists and people of interest etc people of interest like I'm a detective um but I always feel like as well they're instantly standoffish with me because they're expecting me to like push things on them and I'm like listen yes I am a PR. Yes, I do have clients. Yes, I probably will introduce you to them. I would love to send you gifting. However, like I'm not the type of person who is going to email you and be like, I sent you a gift. Why haven't you posted it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like humanity comes first and having like a human understanding and kindness comes first. And that's something that I always communicate with my brands in terms of like how we communicate with these people and what we ask from them. Because the minute you start taking the piss, the minute you'll start to lose their interest. And and that's not because I don't want them to lose interest obviously I don't but at the same time I always want everyone I come into contact with to have like a good experience and to feel like you know they won just as much as I did like I never want it to feel one-sided especially when like things are not paid or they're not advertising it's literally just organic PR like both sides need to win in my opinion but yeah I would really like to say I'm a PR and not feel completely cringed out by it um that would be lovely so maybe 2024 that would that that could happen but I feel like if PRs keep up the bad behavior then I'm probably gonna have to whisper even more so yeah 
going back to what I was originally talking about, um, which was, do I feel like I say no too often in new business situations? I mean, this year, I'm I'm coming up to eight years now of being a freelancer, and this year is the only year I've ever thought like, oh my god, I should just lie because I need this business, and also like. I just don't understand why this is happening to me over and over and over again. I never will and I never would because my morals will not allow me to. And also, if I sit there and I promise it and I take the business and I take the budget and I work on it for a month and get absolutely nothing, there is nothing that spikes my anxiety more than when I think I'm doing a bad job. And I would have that experience constantly. I'd like constantly be losing clients after a couple of months because like I'm not doing what I promised even though I knew it was impossible in the first place so whilst I feel like I should be more like maybe like PR agency run where they're just like yeah sure we can do a whole page of places you've been featured in the news in four weeks like yeah we can do that like maybe I should maybe I should be more like that and I've really been questioning myself but now I've come to the other side of that question and I realize actually do you know what I'd rather not take the money, I'd rather not take the stress and I'd rather not continue to give PR a bad name by doing those things. So like I'd rather not win the business is what I'm saying. That's my conclusion after half an hour. Um, Still haven't got the business, still saying no to things, still educating people and they're still telling me that they want things done in three weeks. So that's great for me. Um, But yeah, so... I guess if you feel like that as a PR, just know that you're not alone. I also feel it. It is so frustrating, especially when you had a stint like me where it's like over and over and over again. It's the same response constantly and you just feel like you're trying to be the best at your job and the best for your industry, but there's certain circumstances that you're like this is impossible and then you you know for a fact like agencies will turn around and just say of course we can get you on the cover of Vogue like knowing full well they cannot um so yeah that was just my musings about saying no versus when maybe others would say yes um I hope you found that interesting um if you want to carry on the conversation I always hang out over on the PR department podcast on Instagram or my own Instagram which is Casey Braden PR which I know a lot of you engage with me on there as well which I love you for that thank you so much every time I hear that somebody listens to my podcast like a fairy grows her wings so bear that in mind um but without further ado I'll see you on the next one